Please listen carefully. You're, you're strange, gal. <laughs> that's not a that's not a mood that I'm like. I feel like we know too much now. A transformative experience. You know, like I now I like I don't like that I now know that not paused it at that point. You know what I mean? What's up, sisters? Thank you for coming back to our finale episode of the Everyone and Their Sister podcast special event, Christina Reads. I am your host, Christina, and today we are going to be wrapping up our hot debate on four excellent romance books, um, all about the sex scenes, because in adult romance books, those ones really define the genre. Why am I reading this? What is this adding to me? Uh, as someone who listens to all of these in audio form, which is always very awkward because you got to be on the lookout of like, can you hear from my headphones? I hope no one can because I'm just out and about living my life. Uh, this part matters a lot. So I'm going to let our panelists introduce themselves and their books. I'm Stephanie. My book I'm talking about is Loretta. Ch <laughs> it's not Loretta Chase. It's Lord of Scoundrels by Loretta Chase. And this next scene is all about the foreplay baby. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. That's my brief tidbit. <laughs> I am Natasha. I am defending Spoiler Alert, which is a rom-com set in the fan fiction world surrounding a TV show called God's the Gates. The sex in this is extremely well done for a romance, and it actually convinced me to pick up Olivia Dade's other books. Wow. Um, my name is Marina, and I am defending the book Take a Hand to Danny Brown. Okay. Um, and the sex is phenomenal. Ikea could not handle it. <laughs> I'm Shanice, and I'm defending The Kiss Potion by Helen Huang. And it's about a sex worker named Michael teaching Stella how to be intimate and get it on. Thank you for our panelists for introducing themselves. Uh, this is going to be a very important episode. This is really the crux of why we decided to do this show. We saw Canada Reads. We love it. We love people arguing. We love arguing ourselves. But we wanted to talk about one of the most important things in a romance book. And we wanted to argue about the merits of some sex scenes. Are they worth me reading? Are they worth you reading? Are they really doing anything for anybody? Uh, so really excited to talk about this. If you have not seen our previous episodes, then we recommend that you do. Because otherwise, I don't see how this would make any sense for anybody. Uh, what we're going to do is go through debate the sex scenes and the merits of sort of each one. At the very end of this, at the end of that segment, we're going to have a vote on which person debated the sex scenes the best uh, and also which book had the best sex scenes. So sort of a dual vote for that one of like, how does that work? And then at the end of this episode, we're also going to have a final vote of just which was the best book overall. We will have our crowning winner who will win absolutely nothing other than knowing that I enjoyed having to read their book, which can't always be said for every book, even all of the ones that are on this panel right now. So let's get right into it. And let's start talking about the sex scenes in Lord of Scoundrels. Steph, we're going to start with you, since you've kind of been on the tail end of some of the other conversations. And it's hard to pick a main point with regards to the sex <laughs> scenes that just like didn't work for me. But I'm going to get to the heart of it. And I recognize that there's an element of this that is a bit personal. It's not something that I could say is like objectively true of the book. But it's hard for me to not understand how it isn't. I dislike this man so much that every sex scene is like, I just don't care. Like, I can't get into it because I fucking hate him. I don't think he deserves the orgasms he's getting. He certainly doesn't deserve to be getting them from her. Like, it's it was a real struggle because when you have those feelings about a character, you just... It was hard to even really get down to the bare bones of like, did I feel like these are well-written sex scenes? Because I'm just like, I don't fucking like you. She should be boning someone else. I don't even know who else, but just literally anyone else. So they made them a little bit, you know, forgettable and not very memorable for me. There, She has like a first time where they like at least acknowledge it's her first time. Um, but it's a little bit unrealistic in maybe how, like, it's portrayed. I guess that could be one technical argument we made there. You know, she it, it hurts for, like, a second, and then she's like, no, but at the end, everything was fine. And, you know, she comes and, and everything's great. Maybe that's not super realistic for a first time, particularly not for this kind of setting. But overall, it, it's just, I fucking hate this guy <laughs> so I mean, much. But you're allowed to hate this man. Of this 
You're yeah, you're allowed to hate party. this man. You're allowed to hate him. The only thing that matters is, is that Jess and Dane are into each other, which they are. They are super into each other, and they're hot for each other. For example, guys, you as we all know, my favorite scene in Pride and Prejudice is when he lifts. He gives her his a lift into the carriage without a glove on, and they touch bare hands. I would bet fifty bajillion dollars that this book, Lord of Scandrels, influenced that scene based on the scene where Dane is sitting in a cafe and she has a long glove on with all the buttons that he needs to undone. So he's slowly unbuttoning her glove, but he's meanwhile he's talking Italian to her and he's like saying, "Oh." The the weather's nice outside. The sun is shining. But then it turns into him talking about all the dirty things he wants to do with her because he's so into her that he can't. He wanted it to be a joke, but it turned out being real. And he you can, in the in the in the book, his talks about his heart getting faster and faster as he gets closer and closer to unbuttoning her hand foreplay off the out of control. But for someone who's so into her, he does mention I think in two of their sex scenes how. She's not his typical body preference. And, like, it's odd that in multiple occasions it's mentioned that her, like, her breasts are super small. He's like, normally I I prefer them. They use a lot of different verbiage for it. But he's like, normally I like giant honkers. This girl's itty-bitty titty. But it's fine because I'm into it. She's wearing a corset, so it's pushing everything out. And it was like, again, disliking him, those things came across very obviously. I mean, he's only had sex with sex workers. He's never not paid for sex. So this is the first time that he's not. So like his view of women is limited because he tries to st- stand away from aristocratic women because he thinks all they are after is his money, which I mean, he specifically highlights that his type is giant chested women. <laughs> and to the point I mean, that everybody assuming... knows that multiple people know that fact and they bring it up regularly. I mean, she says it too. I know during she their does, session, yeah. I thought, I thought, I thought you wouldn't like that. I'm an experience, but you made my time great. And like, to be clear she's the one that seduces him they're like sitting in a library and she seduces him because she wants to go down not go down (laughs) she wants to have sex with him but she's the one seducing him to come into the into the bed because he's kind of afraid he's gonna hurt her like he's he's very afraid he's gonna hurt her he gets drunk on their wedding night because he's afraid of what he would do to her um and but the ploy go ahead when he disappeared on their wedding night, that was a dick move for me. Well, you know he has trouble expressing himself. That's okay, but like you can't. Like again, this man has so little growth. Like he has trouble expressing himself up until the last chapter, and like it's rough because it. There's an element where like she's like, oh, I'm gonna turn it around on him because she's gonna do like a power play move on him, where she's like, oh, trust me, if I wanted you on your knees, you'd be fucking on them. And then she goes to one up him, but then they have their weird constant like push pull where like she forgets the whole point of what she's doing, and then they just have that moment, and it was just it was so hard to get into because because they everything they got miscommunication. They both he barely even apologizes. But that's not but that's not about the sex scenes. We're here to talk about the sex scenes. No, it's and not so, about the sex scenes. But like and also he's definitely... kind of like the fainting heroine when he when they first kiss, he has his knees wobble, it said. Like he literally is overcome with emotion. His heart is beating out of his chest because he's so into her and it's never happened to him before. And she herself is like, I well, so after their first kiss, she goes back to her grandma and just like, I attacked him because I wanted him to kiss me. I beat him and beat him until he kissed me, quote. And I kept on beating him until he did it properly. So basically I mean, what what's a great sentence? It's in context. But they want each other. And that basically at the end of the day, they both want each other. They have a great time together. That is what you want to see. You want to see people enjoying themselves. And that is what you get. They enjoy each other's company and they have a great time. And they're compatible in bed. Boom. <laughs> I mean, overall, it still feels pretty forgettable. I don't know if anybody else wants to say anything. I think one of the things, like, I love historical romances so much, uh, but I think I'm always trying to look for something a little bit different in them, especially with the sex scenes now, because I've read so many, and a lot of times they can be pretty uh, vanilla. <laughs> I mean, this I mean, came out in 1995, so anything that came yeah, after that's true. it, like, reflection on yeah, that. Yeah, we're reading it in 2020. Many, but many people think- reference this, hand, uh, this glove removal in their books nowadays. For example, yeah, I, I, I contemporary like, references this. Well, I mean, okay, so even with this one, I think a lot of times when 
the like hero especially is so like this is is described as like so dark and like brooding and stuff like that or like they have like darker tendencies like i kind of want something a little bit more darker in bed <laughs> i think that's i don't know if i could agree with that it's a facade Wait, how He's much did you do this, this already yeah it's just like you kind of expect something. You're like, oh, you're dangerous a little bit. So, uh, but he's not. That's the point. He's like, you're just like, you're just like the same like vanilla dude in bed. He's afraid. Yeah, for how he's scared. For how he like well known like, he wants to portray his like sexual prowess. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't Overall, that the most just, hilarious part? Is that he's not. He's like, he's not. It just he's scared. Like her. they're on the. He's terrified of what he's gonna do. He's not gonna be good enough. She's not gonna like him. She's gonna run away. They're gonna get divorced. She's not gonna love him. That's basically. Underneath all that brooding man, you got a you got this guy who's like, Oof. yeah. But again, That's like true. he does have issues. He does, yeah, but he doesn't really <laughs> attack any of his fucking issues by the end of it. So even when you have the final sex scene, you're like, this might as well be the first one. We haven't grown as people since that first sex scene. We're in the same position we were in last time. And then they, they're admitting that they like each other. That's growing. That's together. They're like, oh, I can, they can communicate like, each other that they like each other, which they couldn't be able to do before because they were all thinking about the game and the society and all this jazz and like corruption. And then later but then on, you expect, but like when you have that kind of a contentious relationship, you kind of expect like something like better in bed, like that they're gonna like hate fuck all the time. <laughs> but like I mean, it's I just like what worked because essentially. Like like I said, he's not he's not he's not what he portrays. At I know, all. but it's in like the whole like relationship in bed too, and then like you don't get any of that, and it's like forgettable. Particularly, I mean, she's a nice like, experience. Lovers. So just my attitude. When it comes to like historical, again, same thing that I mentioned in the last episode. I think that a historical author has to overcome so many more hurdles for the couple to even just touch each other. So I think that in that sense, and taking into account the fact that it was 1995, yeah, I think that's a pretty that. steamy book. Um, I, another thing as well, I think connected to the fact that it is historical. Um, I'm not going to say always, but let's say nine out of 10 historical romance books. Um, the main female character usually has zero experience in what she's yeah. doing. So yeah. then it's a matter of the author finding a way to equalize um, and balance that relationship in bed. Um, in this specific book, the way that she finds to do that is the fact that he is shitting bricks. He doesn't want yeah. to like yeah. let her down. Like he thinks that he's going to be rejected by her. So I think that in that sense, it was done really well. You're welcome. I agree. Thank you. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I I still can't. I mean, we have to, to move on with them. But yeah, in terms of the sex scenes from all these books. But again, you, you started off with like a coming in with. You, yeah, from <laughs> all of them. Disagree. Disagree about what? I think yeah. all of these books. Yeah. yeah but I, no, I think in comparison to all of these books. It's easy for Lord of Scoundrels to be one of the most forgettable because of the drawbacks of it being from 1995. Yeah, that's why I was like, why are you disagreeing said, with me? I, I thought you said that. all of our books were forgettable. And I was yeah, like, no, no. Uh, I mean, I don't think, think what you were saying. But like, I think the like, foreplay yeah, is what's more important in this story rather than the actual sexual. I mean, historical definitely has to depend uh, like more on foreplay anyway, just because that's what gets people going for historical and romance fans. And they do it very well. Or I I will say, however, despite that this is like like does historical Ray, I have seen it written better in historical. Yeah, like I feel like that's point two. The the one thing that I did not like about this book and the buildup, again, I listened to the audio. The scenes where he tries to seduce her in Italian are horrible. Yes, absolutely. I also have some minor questions. The narrator voice or the, the words? The, the words it's very cheesy i think the narrator might be i think i think it's just in the narration in the moment for the audio it came across very cheesy but i think that maybe that's maybe that's more because it was audio so he's not adam gomez he's not it's a adam format gomez. problem he can't get away with no 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 i read it physically and it's still a problem yeah. i did not care for the italian at all and i don't want to get super into it but i did have a question about like why does he even know italian because considering how early his, his mom left and how his he mother's needs to not remove- an Italian. 
Yeah, but he, uh, up to but him like, being eight years old, not conversational, seducing Italian. And then you would think, considering he has no Italian people in his life after that, and he would really separate himself from his Italianness because of a lot of problematic descriptions about the way he's being described. But it's one of the ways he connects when to it his, comes to that his stuff. mother is through You would think because he wants, but he doesn't want to connect to his mother. He talks about all the He hides her portrait. He doesn't want to be connected that time. So it does feel yeah, like an excuse to be like, oh, him. you know what's sexy? And the one thing that Dude's talking like, in other languages. I mean, it doesn't, again, Jessica's into it. That, what does Jessica want? She wants him to talk Italian to her. It makes her hot and bothered. Then it's okay. That is what she wants. That's what she so like, If it works for her, that's true. It's not yeah, but we're the ones that are reading her. it. Well, you're, it's supposed, you're supposed to, to work for the reader. Her. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's supposed to work for the reader. I mean, it worked for me, as we can see. Clearly, but yeah, this is a book. At the end of the day, we went over top. Um, <laughs> like, we did, but that's why we put Lord of Scoundrels in first. Uh, that was Lord of Scoundrels for the uh sex scenes. But now let's take a minute, let's talk about Take a Hint Danny Brown. Now, Take a Hint Danny Brown has gotten mostly favorable to very good reviews throughout this whole show, and I can't even say I didn't enjoy any of the sex scenes in Take a Hint Danny Brown. That's also would be very false because they're very well done, but. On a very deep personal level, this is a big issue I have with taking a hit dinner that I think can happen because of how much I like Zaft and because of how much I like these characters. Zaft is such a like great soft boy. Like a lot of romance has the like standard alpha male bullshit. You have to fix him. He's super hot in bed. He'll grab you. He'll pick you up. And it's like a whole fucking chapter about that. And that is for me where it's like a lot of romance starts to feel the same and doesn't really work for me so i love that zaf is a very soft boy that's arguably my favorite thing about him and in real life someone can absolutely be a soft boy a gentleman and then in bed it can be very reversed like i get how that's a thing that could happen but when reading this book i was actively disappointed that once they actually start having sex we start to fall into those tropes of zaf very much being like the one in charge like Danny to me had such big dom energy that when we end up with them actually having sex, we have a lot of those same storylines, those same tropes of like, he grabs her and he can lift her and she loves it. And his voice is low and growly and he tells her what to do. And like, all of that ended up kind of falling apart for me. Cause I was like, no, but like, I was really excited for this aspect of this book that I thought I was going to get. And even in a very well-written sex scene, it ends up just like, not doing it for me not doing anything because it's just like again similar idea from the last episode where this book starts to feel like others is where it's the only time it starts to fall apart because otherwise i mean you can't tell me that someone like danny isn't also gonna be like a fucking force of telling people what to do in bed like i they definitely have a very healthy sex life i don't actually think there's anything unhealthy about the portrayal but yeah, I could have I could have done a little bit more Dom Danny than uh, Daddy's ass, for example. I think that um, exactly what you said, like Zaf is very much a soft boy. And Danny, she has that like strong personality. She knows what she wants. Like she has like the big Dom energy. Um she's the one who brings that to the day-to-day life, I guess you could say in their relationship. Um, but I think like parts of it is exactly what you said. So there's always like those couples where uh, the dynamic kind of shifts once they're in bed. So you have like that person that's more um, outgoing, more outspoken, more dominant in their day-to-day personality. But then um, a big part of like that sexual freedom and the kink that comes with it. Um, is the fact that you're liberated to be at your most vulnerable. So if that for Danny, if if that was the case for her to like maybe take that more softer, like submissive position, then if that's what gets her going, that's what gets her going. I don't think that that's a, a downfall in that in that sense. That being said, I do think that what comes into play here is the fact that this is a new kind of relationship for Danny. So I think that... Um, with uh it's like i was reading back some of the sex scenes and i i think that a lot of the um, 
giving that she like sh- that she presents in this in these scenes like a lot of the um relinquishing that she does comes from more of like oh my god i'm overcome with emotions over the fact that this dude like i have feelings for this dude um which doesn't justify anything but i think that it comes into play um and i think that um reading back again some of the sex scenes i didn't go through all of them again but just reading back a few of them i can see the way that talia um made sure that danny still had her agency and her personality and her like dominant side in those scenes without taking away the urgency of the scenes which is when Zaf like really goes at it so for example like there's uh this one scene where they talk about um masturbating together and like he's literally like just sitting beside her and just like encouraging her and like just talking to her but she is the one taking control of the situation and through the act of her masturbating in front of him like she is the one like toying with him at that point like yeah she's getting her release her release i hate saying that um she's the one getting that but 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 at the same time like she that is her using that situation also as a way to dominate him like you know what i mean like she like she's taking control of the situation there uh when she's masturbating like she has agency over her body but she's very much through that act dominating him because he is the one on the sideline just watching he's very much the sub in that situation um there's also like another situation where they're like about to have sex and stuff and like she's i'm gonna read this okay she says then she took him inside her pussy tied and wet around his aching cock. And then later on, she was like, he, he says he was like, um, he never thought that he would be able to see her this way. And she was just giving it to him. Like Talia does mention that even though Danny um, gets a little bit more vulnerable, she's still very much either showing him what she wants or telling him what he wants. Like, I think that she still has very much of that Dom um, kind of persona in bed. Um, I think that the vulnerable sides of it come from the fact that this relationship in itself is new to Danny. It's a new experience for her. Um, I also would be remiss if I didn't mention the table that they broke together um that scene was excellent i am 100 percent sure that that table was like a 2008 ikea collection that was ready to go anyway but they really gave that table a hard time it's the lock series 1999 we all know it it's your first coffee table out of out of school the first time you live on your own you got the lock series we know now, if it let me tell you something, if that was like a hemness, that's even more impressive. That shit, that one is like that one's got stability. There's extra screws, okay, in the hemness line. So if that's what we're talking about, damn, even more. That's karate chopping your way through a table during sex. There you go. But just like to again wrap it up, I don't think that in the book, like I don't think that Danny gives up that dominant aspect to her i think that part of it is just her as well adapting to this new type of relationship i think it's something new to her and um ultimately something that like i've mentioned before like it's up to them to meet in the middle and find out what works for them both outside of the bed and in the bed so i think i think it was fair i think that she had her agency i think she had her dawn moments um it was great like this book is hot I I have to agree with that. I think I appreciate what Talia does is she doesn't fall into that. I think it's uh, personally, I think it's a false narrative to go as some, if somebody's always going to be fully dom and somebody's going to be fully sub, I think there's always that switch thing with a lot of people. And I think, um, Dan, I was going to say her name is Danica. Yeah. <laughs> um, you call I think her Miss Danica that. when you're talking about her in your sense. Thank you. <laughs> Miss Danica. Um, <laughs> I think she definitely experiences that differently in different relationships. And I think you kind of hear a bit about, like I would have loved to have seen it, but her with Joe, I think would have been a very different dynamic in bed for sure. I agree. I agree with that. And I, I will add one thing that 
maybe it will take away points from me, but I do need to acknowledge this. Um, there's no right or wrong way to represent a bisexual person, but linked to what Nat said, I would have liked to see a little bit more in the beginning of almost like the wrapping up, like the ending of that situation with Joe, just so I could have a taste of what she's like. Danny is like with like women um, or even just like more feminine presenting people. I think that that would have been a really cool dynamic to see. Um, but again, there's no right or wrong way to portray um, a bisexual person. Uh, everyone is going to be different. Um, yeah. But I, I think still to, enjoyed it. Yeah. No, I think to that point, that is also where it comes, sort of comes from me for it's like, I just, in doing the way that this book is subversive is when it's at its best. The fact that Zach really doesn't feel like your traditional romance hero the way that danny doesn't feel like like the way their relationship unfolds to me is so strong so if she had taken that choice to continue to to subvert it a little bit more to show this other version of danny with a woman um to again because even where all of those things are true about the sex but it does make it start to feel a lot more similar to other romance books that's where it could have even knocked it out of the park further for me because the parts of it that are different from your usual romance book are just so well done do you think and this is a question for everyone do you think that part of these scenes were like more toned down just to fit more within um like the marketing like you know like the genre type of thing because that, like even that there. scene for example before before they break the table um they're leaving her symposium event whatever she's the one who pulls him into the alleyway to like get it going in the alley and he's like let's go home like she's the one who's being like, you know what I mean? Like I need to get this now. Um, but I do, I do agree. Yeah. Like it, it could have had more of that spiciness to it, but I think from like not a that I definitely read every book. <laughs> we all talked at the same time. Okay, not I was just saying, just from a, but a plot level, you can't have too many sex scenes because that's going to take away from the plot of the story. I think Danny Brown had the perfect balance between enough that you were satisfied and not too many that you're like, oh my god, fuck again. Like how smutty, but. I mean, it's like, do you have more times or do you have like spicier levels in those couple times? It's a delicate really? balance. Not yeah, that- and like quality, quality matters here too. So like, it's yeah. like, yeah, if it's a really good one, you're like, that'll satisfy me for. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> it's implied. Time. It's implied in part, like after, I, I think after the book reaches a certain point, it's implied that like, as they like keep in touch, like she's preparing for the symposium, they have like calls and stuff. Like it's implied that they still hang out after what is it nine o'clock nine o'clock she like shuts down her laptop and he comes over like all of that is implied like it's told um but i think that it's what steph was saying like you need to find out balance and you also need to find out balance of uh the build-up like you need to leave space in the beginning of the book for them to have a little bit of like that seduction the build-up like the tension so it's almost like a matter of finding time and space for it I'm done. That's all I had to say. Uh, yeah, I mean, not that I'm, it's been mentioned several times. I am not your typical romance reader. I read so much little than everyone else. Like, I'm not a fan of the genre or something. This definitely feels like, even if you just look at the covers in comparison to her other books, this feels like a traditionally published standard romance book in comparison to their other stuff which probably veers a little bit more into the erotica series. But again, written yeah, well enough that I'll right. read the other books for sure. It's just, this was for me, I think an opportunity that maybe was a little bit missed. But I hear you. Let's take this now into Kiss Quotent. And I've talked before about how Kiss, Kiss Quotent was a bit disappointing for me in some ways. Uh, and this is also going to be one of those ways, <laughs> particularly because I was when I was sold this book, I was sold it with, Sex isn't always just constantly sexy. It can be funny. It can be a lots of different things. And I was so excited because we had a professional sex worker and we had sex that would have comedy involved because everything is better with comedy. Really into it. And then we go to read them and I'm like, excuse me, sirs and or madams. What the fuck? Because it just does not live up to what I was sold at all, quite frankly. It's difficult to pick the one main thing to highlight, I would say more than anything, their internal monologue during their sex scenes is really what got it out for me. I think that's where I was like, I can I can see 
how what's happening in the sex scenes. It's very sexy. I can see how it's working for them. Um, but their thought, their like thought process through them is like not great to listen to. In particular, Michael's internal monologue was just really, it was just such an odd balance of like smug, I'm going to teach her something. And then like being so infatuated for her and nothing actually, it just didn't feel hot at any point. It was like, I was not here for it. It's particularly because the one that, and you know, I'm going to bring it up. I can see you rolling your eyes already, but it has to be brought up. That first one. There is, it's distracting how many times nipples are said in the very first <laughs> I'm waiting for this moment. They have their foreplay. They're going down. I'm, like, at this point, I don't have as many reasons to be disappointed by this book because they have sex really early on. Sex is a big part of the book when you consider how much, how early on it starts. But, like, it's literally distracting. I think I counted it up and it's something like 11 times nipples specifically are said because they just spend so much time on his internal thought process as he plays with her breast and it was just like i'm like glad that's happening i'm glad the foreplay is happening but the way that it's written down the way it's being like portrayed it was very impossible to get into it because i was just fucking like laughing at it and not in a sexy way just in a this is ridiculous to listen to way and that was how i felt for all of them, particularly a book where, again, one of the premises is that this dude is a sex worker. It felt like it could have gone on so so much more. And even, again, bringing in those kink factors, it could have gone even farther. And it just really doesn't. Well, I think I want to say, well, it's a personal preference if you care about seeing nips too much. But <laughs> literally the word. I'm not even talking about like, that like, just how much it's written down. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing. With, I don't think this was marketed as uh, like a comedy in a way. I don't think that because, so Stella basically wants to get taught things because she has intimacy issues. Like she doesn't, she doesn't know what good sex is like because she's had just shitty like pump and dumps with like three other guys and they all been like shitty to her. Am I wrong? No. So the main, I think what's like sexy is about this relationship and their sex scenes is that, especially with like the first one, when it's starting out, it's all very, it's, it's, it's a slower one. Like they, they progress slowly because in the first sex scene, it's just touching. They're just touching. Like right away, he knows like, okay, we need to like work on intimacy. Let's see how this goes. It's, this is a trial run. That's the first, their first sex scene is a trial run to see if they're actually going to do more. And the first scene, sex scene starts with them touching each other. His tattoo that goes from like his like arm down to his leg. And he's being like, you can touch me. But like, can I touch you? They're just like, both with permission. She asks, can I touch you? Because she knows that's what she likes. And she knows that she needs to ask. So they're just touching each other, some heavy petting. There's honestly something so appealing about that. It's very PG, but it's great. <laughs> and that's the thing. And during all this, he doesn't know that she has autism. Like, he's being so respectful to her and so, like, he's asking her permission for everything. He's saying, can I do this? Can I do that? And even for stuff that's, like, as easy as, like, kissing or touching, he's making sure that he's being very respectful. And he senses that she needs to be asked. Like he's seeing how she reacts to things. He's always telling her what he's going to do and gives her time to stop. And if she says no, he stops. And then he undoes like a single button. And she, that's like I mentioned before in the first episode, she freaks the fuck out. And he's on a, right away. He's like, nope. Okay, we're done. We're going to watch a movie, which also sounds great. Cuddling in a movie. Great. Love it. And he says, you can, for his, like, to leave the clothes on while they're watching the movie. He says, you can leave those on if you want. I'm here for you, Stella. Don't forget that you have the final say on everything we're doing, which is just, we love it. You love to see it, especially when he realizes right away how she's not into this. And then, so it doesn't make sense for their whole relationship to be, like, this big, kinky, like, sexual relationship. It doesn't make sense. She's learning how to be intimate and... She doesn't she doesn't know what she wants because she hasn't really had a chance to figure out what she wants. So I think like the the hottest thing about this relationship is them like 
working together on this and it doesn't make sense for him it does like as much as he's like the professional it doesn't make sense for him to be like i'm gonna bring out all the stops watch me do this flip this thing smack that like it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense in this relationship so yeah do you find I like from Michael's perspective, when I was reading this book, I could see how it would be even refreshing for him to be able to one, take it slowly, but also just exactly what you said, like not have to bring out like all the stops, like how refreshing must it be for them to just like, you know, he's used to being, he's used to being like an outlet for people who need some hot sex and in this case, he's finding someone that he's actually like starting to have like a connection with too. So he's not going to rush that, especially when he like starts realizing he really likes her and like she needs this slow pace. I was just going to say, what's the name of the other uh, customer that he has? The number of questions in this one, we're not really debating at this moment. Like I just question and answer portion is what we did. No, uh, Eliza, that's the thing. I was just going to say, like, the comparison of him with Stella and him with uh, the other lady, whatever her name is. um, I think part, and again, this is me assuming because I'm not a sex worker, but imagine as well, like, when you're in that situation, I feel like customers are probably unconsciously always trying to be the previous customer. They always want to be the best customer. They want to wow the sex worker. For something, like, you're not just randomly going, like, you want something out of this. So, like, you go into it with these ideas already. And, like, if a sex worker, you expect it to be, like, a professional thing. Like, this fucking big... But, big okay, this is not a question. This is... I remember... I, I don't remember this scene, but I remember Christina mentioned this in a previous episode. There's an episode... Yeah. Uh, not an episode, a scene where he goes down on her even though she says she doesn't want it. Is that what happens? Yeah. Yeah, there's an element of, and this was the one of the ones that stuck with me. I think there's really only two scenes I particularly remember. I remember the first one because of the nipples. And I don't think that that can be hand waved given how, there's many different words for them. Okay. But really just, we just went there a bunch of times. Um, but yeah, she, he wants to go down on her because he wants to fight her. But she basically talks about how she doesn't like it. And he, there is an element for me that d- does feel gross when I read it. Because he's trying to basically explain, like, it's no one has done it properly to her before. And because this is a book that's written, like, he's right. The book is written in the sense that, like, that is correct. No one really has done it with her in mind. It's sort of been, like, something that they're just kind of getting through. And that's why she doesn't like it. But for a book that otherwise, I even agree, consent is very well written in terms of how much they talk to each other and how much they ask about things. That one really stuck in me of, like, but no. Like, she doesn't want this. You know, you're so respectful in other ways, but in this one, the way that she sort of talked into it. And then again, because I find the biggest weak point for this book is their internal monologue as they're having sex. It just doesn't feel, it it doesn't to me feel as memorable as other ones. That moment, you're really getting a sense of like, she's so into him. That's kind of why she agrees to it. And that does also feel good. Yeah. I think with like the internal monologue, like obviously, and you see this like for Michael, you can see obviously how much he like, wants to have sex which is like okay expected like he's he's not he can't control his thoughts if he's like i really want to fuck this chick um and he like he has and she's like his certain kind of type because he mentions a couple times that he's like hopper teacher like that's like his like jerk off fantasy oh that's right so, like, sorry this just reminds me like, that this book opens with him masturbating in the shower to a teacher fantasy that's well, right because he has to you have to you can't be like you have to you like can't come on yourself. the first time on a date. Yeah, yeah you, exactly. You, that you has to be your second time of the night. Off, yeah, right. So, I think also that's part of that initial attraction to Stella is that like she's she's like this like professional type. So he's like, wow, it's coming true. It's coming up aces. Uh, I do think that it's so, like a lot of their internal monologue. His stuff is like that where he's like, I am super horny and I want to just fuck her, but also like. He's, he's being respectful. He's like, no, like, this is her, about her. Like, I got to respect that. And she's also, like, her, mostly her inner dialogue, like, monologue is, like, freaking the fuck out, but also being like, this feels really good when it's when. done well. Uh, I do agree that, like, the way that, at least I guess if it's thought, or, like, the way that he thinks about it, 
is if he's like, no, it's me. Like, I can do it. I'm not like those other guys. <laughs> One of those fucking things. Um, but I think he is trying to, I don't want to say push her out of her comfort zone because that can be really misconstrued. Um, but she is, a lot of times she's always been like, no, I want to like keep doing this to get past that, to get over that hump and like onto the, like to get used to things. So I think he is trying to like slowly bring her out of that box that she's kind of been placed in because she's had so many shitty experiences. I do think like I I was going to bring this up before that like it does consent really well but I do think to your point he is trying to like push it further and maybe it's even like he did the moment. Yeah, but it I can think be there borderline. is but I think there is a way to do it where it's not so yeah you know pressuring like i think there's a way to either like talk it through like he's already yeah. having this internal monologue have the monologue in per- like out loud <laughs> just just ask her if it's okay and if she says no ask her why or what is she uncomfortable with what is yeah. she uncomfortable with touch wise like it, it use your words <laughs> yeah no i agree definitely because it's like and that's, you can't even like you can't even have autism as a factor because this has nothing to do with like sexual consent doesn't have it doesn't have anything to do with that yeah. so i don't think that that's an issue or like that's a factor in this at all uh but yeah i, I, I do think that it could have been if they just talked about it it would have been completely fine and on that i think we're going to roll over into our last book this will be our last discussion or debate part of this episode and we are going to go into spoiler alert she's like and i ready. <laughs> she's ready to go i will Believe in terms of this section, I actually really like spoiler alert. I thought the sex scenes in spoiler alert were really well done. It was really nice, and and this is something that's true of Take a Hit Danny Brown as well. But it was really nice to have a plus size heroine be very reveled for her body without it being like some kind of fetishing thing. Like he's very into her, and her body is described so often in the sex scenes, and I really like it. And that that book more than I think any other book is also the example of like her sexual needs coming first even when the case of something like Kiss Quote, where there's a literal transaction to be like, you're here to teach me, spoiler alert still somehow comes in and is like, yeah, but a lot of those sex scenes are really about her. And I think for the most part, well, well done, where it falls apart for me. And I, this is like, was something that I really had to highlight. The man, again, we come back to internal monologue, but also not even internal. This man says these things out loud as well. In terms of being taken out of a scene 100%, the way Marcus, the, his dirty talk in spoiler is, and again, when we're talking about this, we're always talking about personal preference, but bruh, I, cringeworthy, for no thanks, my personal favorite that I really have to highlight is that in the very first sex scene they have, after he fingers her, and it's a really well done scene up until that point. He takes his fingers and this man says in earnest with his whole chest that he goes mm, tart and dewy like he's a fucking restaurant critic in Ratatouille. I like fucking lost my mind and that really sets the tone for how this man's dirty talk continues throughout the rest of the book. Like every time he opens his mouth. I, I believe the exact way I described it is that this is the cure for WAP that Ben Shapiro was looking for. Like, the moment he chooses to open his mouth, I'm like, bruh, just take that mouth, press it up against where it was before, because you don't need to speak. He's described as being so attractive. He described being very good in bed. He clearly is. They have lots of great moments that, like, everyone's having a great time. He just needs to not talk at all, because every every moment was just oof. <laughs> I mean, I will say about that specifically, I think much like April does and much like maybe we do in bed, we just ignore the dirty talk because it's nonsense anyway. I don't know that. I don't know that's usually something you could say that most people do. I would imagine it's working for some people when it's done right and well. Maybe, but I think I think April makes it very clear when he's talking at like she even at some point is like just keep going, stop talking, like in a very comedic way. But it's like she recognizes that she's like okay enough. Um, for that point where he, where he tastes her like a connoisseur, I have nothing to say. It was hilarious. I read it as funny because I was like I cannot take this seriously. 
I don't think it took away from any of the scenes personally. I think this book covers everything. It covers dry humping, fingering, masturbation, oral foreplay, penetration, touching oh, consent, regular <laughs> consent. Yeah. And even though they don't go into porn, they do technically go into erotica through fan fiction, which I think is just as good. I have to say, what this just made me realize is he talks like he's in a fan fiction. That's <laughs> what it is. His journey talks so funny. like someone from a fan. I don't know that that worked in those scenes, but that's what I'm just realizing in my right now. I'm like, why is this? Why does this seem familiar? <laughs> It's funny, but that's what like that. if so what if he hot. learned what if he learned that dirty talk from her fanfiction? Oh, Does she recognize that? Oh no, that's that, that's not an explicit thing that happens for sure. No, but it's like uh, dewy. Okay. Dewy isn't like another word for mold. Like mold grows in a dewy environment, oh, which is such a, a gross. You're thinking of moss. You're thinking of moss, not mold. Yeah. Still, same thing. Dirt, like dirt, green, mold, moldy, musty, dewy. This is is a lot of opinions on dewy. Um, I will have to say, I think for me, the biggest point in this book about sex is the consent part. I think it's really important the way the author does it. It actually convinced me to read her other books. Like I said in the beginning when I introed, I picked up, I bought all the rest of her previous books and I read them because I wanted to make sure consistently it was like this. And it is. She's really good at writing them. Um, Like Christina said, she describes bodies the way they should be described full and like un like unfiltered and i love absolutely every part of it marcus may not be a- good at the dirty talk but the way april talks is a freaking so good there's i think their very first scene they're in the kitchen and he's um <laughs> they're talking about food there's a whole argument about food and then he's like well are you hungry and she's like not for food <laughs> and then and i was just like okay okay she came to eat today like it was just like i was like i'm here for this i love it i i think um it did a lot of things really well i think the touching thing was another point for me i i mentioned it before i think that's not you don't see that ever pretty much in romance asking about what they're touching is okay and i think that's a really key because it's not just assuming that the person might have a problem with certain areas like secondary sex characteristics. Like you don't know what a person's been through their trauma or anything. And it doesn't mention those specific things, but I think it's good for the reader to read. I think it portrays healthy sex in a way that people should be reading it and should be enacting it in their own lives personally. Um, I will say even for knowing that that like, it's not in a lot of romances or maybe even most, I think the majority mm-hmm. of the books, that are on the table here though did did have that did yeah, have that sort of like times explicit consent you want that like passionate like grabbing and stuff but sometimes just like that like slow like petting and shit great or you can just like great. the question before the passionate grabbing you know sometimes ask that up just like, passionate yeah um i do also think another important thing uh fat girl on top <laughs> i was I like also, yes i did like, I that, was, like quite a bit. fat girls can do it too like, I was just going to say, like, I mean, not to give you more points or anything, but I feel like, spoiler alert, did give me the fat girl in bed representation that I was hoping to get from Danny Brown. I think that, like, Danny Brown does do it really well. And, like, Zaf, absolutely, like, he adores her and loves the way that she looks. Like, when he talks about, like, her little, like, her booty and, like, her little shorts and stuff, like, it's cute. Like, and you can tell that he's really into it. But I do have to applaud, spoiler alert, because I feel like it's, like, we don't see it only from... I almost said Jamie. That's not his name. <laughs> Marcus. <laughs> That's another thing too. Like, this is all sex scenes with a very specific human face. <laughs> so, like, you don't, you, you don't like. It's not that you're seeing the like the fat girl having sex and enjoying herself through his eyes. You also see the control that she takes as a fat woman and like the whole scene with like the lights on and stuff like that like absolutely yeah. incredible love it yeah and like those little things like it's not just like one time where it's like oh she's curvy and then like they're having sex it's like things are constantly referenced so you, you're not yeah. forgetting you don't forget that she's fat 
Yeah, like it's it's a part of who she is. Yeah, I yeah. appreciated the constant reminder and description of her body, and like it was almost like each separate sex scene had a little bit of a different appreciation for a different part of her body or something like that. Sorry, Christine, I know you wanted us to fight, but like I have to give her props. We, for I her. do. I also <laughs> wanna I wanna make a I wanna make a really quick point. There's something in there for Steph. Um, page 388 <laughs> i found it for you yeah. there's a moment where she's on stage and he clenches his hand and it twitches slightly <laughs> as it's curled by his side I love and he, he's, we got he's a lot of overcome. hand porn a lot of hand porn in these books okay i'm pretty sure someone liked the forearms zaf had some nice forearms we got a oh. hand glove <laughs> we got a lot best yeah. part like the best That's sex part of um even though I love the fat girl ha- uh, representation, the pegging, I'm writing for it. I'm writing oh, for yeah. it. Oh, the yeah. There's this, whole other, there's this whole other thing with like all the sex scenes in the fan fictions that yeah. is just like a whole nother level. This yeah, is a so rough much. one to bring up because like that it's mentioned at all is excellent. God tier. We love it. But then it just made me want to be like, no, but ac- but actually, but like for reals though, like not just the fan fiction, but like for reals. And so She's I will say in the groundwork, Oh, she did. She did. I'm going to read that second one 1000% and it it better be back. <laughs> because I'm just Avon. Did it. Oh my god. A-, a promise has been made. I'm just this is a note to Avon. Take note, do not take out any pegging in the edits. I got a question. Pegging usually is an erotica. Can a contemporary romance include a pegging and not have Why a not? explicit tag? This could be the one yeah. that does. I have, yeah. I have hopes for it. I hope that it does. I don't see why it wouldn't be able to. Well, that's the I thing. It's like, why is like, why is a why is a straight relationship? Why can you have PDA fucking everywhere? But as soon as a gay couple's making out, everyone loses their fucking minds. It's the same thing. It's like yeah. normalize it because it is normal. All right, Avon. Yeah, yeah. I better yeah. see that uncensored I mean, pegging. I want to see it all. <laughs> I want to read it all. I mean, you got some classy rom com pegging. To <laughs> speak to the de- <laughs> to speak to the debate of all of this not really coming up of like needing you guys to fight. I mean, yes. Because we need it. That's the point of the show. We need things. We need to be arguing about things. We need to be going for why is your book better than the other. But I mean, I will say for all of these books to be picked, it was because if nothing else, like these scenes were done relatively well for all of them. Like even the ones where I didn't enjoy them, I feel like I can barely comment on them because it wasn't that I thought the sex was bad. It was that I just was Too not people. You, I'm sorry. No, you can't listen to that first scene again. Because again, I listened to all of these on audiobooks in order to get them done in the amount of time. So the fact that somebody didn't actually read one of them is your note to me saying, "Wow, I was forced to read uh, so many times with my own two eyes." Sent me, I <laughs> fucking died. So I was in the middle of rereading, and I was just behind that yeah. scene. And I'm like, "Well, it's home for you." <laughs> genuinely jarring because like it starts and you hear nipples once and you're like okay no problems and then you hear it twice and you're like okay no problems and then that's it part of the going play, though like you're not just gonna rush the things that's part of the touching is you yeah. start off the boots what are and other words for nipples the act of it there's many that's my there's areola. areola i don't think i you're like your areola <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot <laughs> describe one of them it's like rosy rosy centers or rosy rosy buds rosy buds your buds <laughs> It just, it just, the witch buds. so much to the point where it was like, it just, it, it took me, took me right out of story. It took me so far out of the story. I had to immediately slack Shanice to be like, the number of times. I felt so attacked. This girl's coming at me. She's like, nipples are everywhere. I'm just like, uh, nipples are everywhere. Okay. <laughs> That's the yeah, point. And then <laughs> it very much was listed a ton of fucking times in that goddamn scene. And that meant that every time it came up afterwards, even if it wasn't it does come specifically up just nibble. He does talk about them in another one. Yeah, yeah. he does. Mips forever. It, that also made that scene jarring, even though it was listed a perfectly reasonable number of times that one. <laughs> because just like, there's just something about hearing nipples for like the 11th time in a row where you're like, this is my weekend. This is my, you were also this is what's happening on a Tuesday too, afternoon. Right? Yeah, I was listening. I had to yeah, listen so to probably, all like, of these in order to get them. Like, catching that sound being like nipples it just really 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 came up a lot uh but that is our really just like not like lively conversation (laughs) very little debate because again i think the point was for all of these books to have gotten to this point to be picked by you guys this was not a section that could have been done shittily i think if we we had had yeah i think (laughs) if we had had a lot of 
for very toxic portrayals um or a lot of very like shitty sex scenes they would just never would have never i know exactly they would have just never even we know each other that would not fly (laughs) but also i can't imagine for most of you guys it would fly either so i think that's where we got to this point i mean at the end of the day these were all very good books but let's go into our sex votes uh before we have our final round of voting and so uh i'm gonna start with you steph knowing you can't pick your own book which had the best sex scenes i would have picked my own book um would have been wrong (laughs) um i'm gonna give it to uh listen i loved the kiss quotient when i first read it loved it you know you get that feeling when you're like oh my god this is a great book but i can't remember any of the sex scenes as we sit down here right now so i'm gonna well maybe you should have read a hint i did I did. <laughs> Nothing's coming back to me right now. So I'm going to pick Take a Hint, Danny Brown. I don't remember yours either. So. Oh. <laughs> and you know what? Can anyone like else say, say they remember them? I'd like to yeah, say it's a glove. you're both right. You're both right about both of them being forgettable. Uh, Nat, what is your favorite book for sex scenes? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious what I'm going to pick. It's got to be Take a Hint. <laughs> All right, uh, Marina, after that. <laughs> Marina, Marina, so far, you're two in. Which one are you going to pick? Um, so, I don't know. Like, okay, so <laughs> I do, I think that there is something to be appreciated in regards to, like, for example, the, on Kiss Quotient, um, the fact that, he, I don't know how to explain this. You gotta just sometimes you gotta pick your vote. Just pick it. I don't need a reason why. Your alliance is falling apart before your eyes. Okay, so here here's what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna pick Steph's book because you feel bad for her. Because okay. I think okay. that taking into account, I I love spoiler alert, but this is a competition. That being said, <laughs> Steph's book, I will say, in comparison, I think that taking into account the fact that it's a historical romance and there were so many hurdles to be overcome, and I think that there is a lot of really great buildup um, with like the glove and all that. Like that glove scene is like it's at least for me, it was the most like unforgettable scene of the book. Getting shot was just like also undeserved compliment. <laughs> Shooting, shooting your man. But so. we have, listen, we have your vote. I don't want to spend too much time on it because we do have to go on. Not I to totally stop do. you getting a bunch of rave reviews, Steph. Yeah, the only time. Um, Hello. But on the, <laughs> but on the back deserved. of that, but on the back of that, your book has now been picked. Your book has been, oh, sorry. I haven't voted yet. Voted yet. Shanice, my apologies. Again, I went I to go to Steph. I just um, don't want you to vote. I'm like, no. Shanice. What is your pick? I think I'm going to have to go. I think just because I like their, I like these characters a bit more and I like their, their like, like relationship dynamic. I think I'm going to have to go with Take a Hint, Danny Brown. Yeah. Two rosy nips <laughs> for Danny Brown. <laughs> Two rosy nips for Danny Brown. And one, one broken set. Ikea table. One set of rosy nips. Uh, I have to say, I mean, I think, again, in terms of the, the conversation, this helps. This You guys definitely did a good job in, like, alleviating some of the concerns because definitely I'm looking for something very specific that I know I'm not going to get out of a lot of romance. One of the reasons I don't read many of them is because they often don't feel very geared towards me. Um, and this is an area where I often feel like I'm really just, like, reading kind of similar things over and over again. But the debates for them were really good. I definitely feel more favorable about Chris Kiss Quote and you almost to a certain extent lord of scoundrels as well but i can give that lord of scoundrels like i started with this i just i like if i don't like him all of this does not work um take a hint danny brown had really good ones they really 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 did but it has to be for the scene spoiler alert for me even with his horrible fucking dirty talk the olivia day did a great fucking job in that book and i think out of Take a Hint, Danny Brown, and spoiler alert, both of them were times where I was like, okay, I could fuck with this. Like, both of these are giving me good vibes. I like both of these, but spoiler alert definitely did it for me in terms of like, yeah, I really like what she's done here, so I think I'm going to have to give it to, 
to spoiler alert. Even though now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like you didn't really defend against my point at all. You just kind of conceded and then talked about other things. I did defend it. I said, I mean, it's just sex talk. Whatever. Like, yeah, it's fan fiction. But you know what? You know what's also probably thing here too. I mean, I grew up on fan fiction. I think I said this when we were talking before. I was a small, innocent child. I had no idea what I was clicking on. And so a lot of knowledge that I had as a teen came entirely from fan fiction. And that might actually be helping spoiler alert a little bit as well. On that note, before we go into our final vote, we are left with, take a hint, Danny Brown coming in at nine votes total. Uh, Kiss Quoten at three. Spoiler alert at five. And Lord of Scoundrels at one and a half. (laughs) It is not possible at this point, I think, for Lord of Scoundrels to really take it, even if everybody votes for it. Uh, But I think every other book is actually uh, at an ability, depending on how the points work out, to possibly win this. Um, Yeah, I think Kiss Quote, if you get it, you might tie. Oh, yeah, because it will only be eight. So this is a... this is a spoiler alert, take a hint, Danny Brown uh, match off. We're going to see what happens here, which as we go into this last final vote, the only thing that our panelists and myself are going to be voting on is the final book itself. How good was it? How strong was it? Uh, which one do you think after hearing what everybody said is the book that truly deserves it? Definitely, we have a most likely winner based on the votes we've seen so far, but you never know. We have one here that could take it away. And you know what? Sometimes you just want to vote for a book because you like it, because you genuinely thought it was that good and it might have deserved that title card. So going into the final run of it, uh, Nat, which do you think is the book that would be crowned the absolute best book out of all of these that people should definitely read, even though they should read all of them? I mean, am I going strategic or not? (laughs) That's your choice. But you can't keep deliberating during these voting things. You're supposed to know beforehand. Oh, I can't. Like, I can't. I have to be true to myself. It's got to be Danny Brown. Fuck it. (laughs) That's fair. Like, if I can't vote for my own, it's going to be Danny Brown. Steph, which was the best one overall outside of your own? Um, Overall, it's going to be Danny Brown. Yeah. That's the one that I was engrossed in all the way. And I wasn't confused or worried about. (laughs) (laughs) And Shanice, which book was your absolute best book? Listen, I think things could have been different if there wasn't so much fan fiction, but I got to give it to Danny Brown. (laughs) And finally, Marina, the only person who can't vote for Take a Hit Danny Brown, which do you want to get to another vote? Um, the only reason I am not voting for spoiler alert is because I do not like the catfishing slash lying trope. It doesn't work for me. So I'm going to go with Kiss Quotient. Oh my God, me? I'm so honored. That is the only reason. The sex in spoiler alert is far superior. (laughs) If If you're looking to read a book for the sex, read spoiler alert. Oh yeah. Now, there is no tension in this last one because for all the talk of strategic voting that y'all did before we were planning this, so excited to vote strategically, so engrossed in the idea that we couldn't have specific things to vote on so that you could vote strategically, no one did. And so Take a Hit Danny Brown has a total of 12 votes and it will at the end have a total of 14 because I also agree. For me, this was a book that hit all of those points in every single one. I think if we didn't have the debating side of this, um it would have been a it would have swept it for me spoiler alert a little bit edged out on the sex scenes but even then that was a tight race like it could have gone either way um definitely you know Shanice Steph and Nat being able to fight for their book as much as they did is what helped some of these other ones get those votes because yeah 100% take a hint Danny Brown kind of swept that leads to the end with take a hint Danny Brown once again at 14 Kiss Quoten came in with four spoiler alert came in with five and Lord of Scoundrel coming in with one and a half. Thank you guys so much. Do you have any, Marina, you are crowned the winner of absolutely nothing. You have one. Sorry. <laughs> I was, Sorry, she said, I was going to say, are, are we going to do like Canada? Are we going to do like Canada reads where the losers talk to their authors? Uh, we're absolutely about <laughs> to do a little, how do you feel about losing? Uh, before we get into it, Steph, you had a rough time. You came in with 
uh, a book that not a lot of people ended up really liking, but you love this book. You fought for it hard. I have to appreciate that I don't feel that anybody else brought your level of heat. Uh, I would agree. And that was what no I was one, looking for. No I one matched like me got, on my debating level. I feel like you came in the most passionate. I think, Marina, I was anticipating a lot of debate from you. I think you rested on your laurels a little bit. And while that ultimately did end up working out for you, I think if uh, we had had one other, you know, real strong book, maybe if Spoiler Alert hadn't been so fan fiction-y, maybe if, you know, Lord of Scoundrels had had some better characterization. I, I, think, I don't know. I don't know if that would have worked for you. That's exactly my point. Like, you guys need to bring in your A game if you want to fight with me. You know what I mean? I, and so that's why you were like, I'm going to kick back and relax because they didn't bring their A game in. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't. <laughs> it is what it is. So how are you feeling, Stephanie? You're at your at your loss. It's fine. This is the first time we've ever tried something like this. I think if we like this enough, you know, for you guys, maybe we'll do another one of these again. Maybe it'll be both video and audio. At that point, maybe it'll just be audio. It really depends on how all of this works out. But if you did like it, please let us know. Once again, a big congratulations to Take a Hint, Danny Brown. I think that book very much deserves the way that it got here. But you know, even if I personally wouldn't have been happy if every single one of these books won, uh, I can say, you know, for the point was to come in here and talk about the things that didn't work for me because this is called Christian Reads. I have to read them so that you can know what you're getting into when you go to read them. At the end of the day, all of these are objectively well-written books. They are very good. They are very popular. When you look at the ratings of those books, they're high for a reason. You, If you haven't already read all four of them, you could read all four of them and have a good time. But hopefully some of this is also let you know, like, hey, this is what's in these books. <laughs> if you also yeah. are as heated as I am about some of these things, maybe one or two of these is not the book for you. But definitely all of Olivia Dade's, all of uh, Talia Hibbert's, all of uh, Helen Hong's, even though I think she only has three books out. Just two. Two books there out. out next year. Um, We're waiting for you, Kwan. We're waiting. Yeah. And Loretta Chase has an insanely large career. If you like The Sound of Laura Scoundrels, if you like that book, you have books to take you through what like all of 2021. Um, or if you read at the level that like Steph and Nat do, another month. A week. So yeah, get a month full of reading, full series, ready to go. So thank you so much for joining us, guys. We're going to wrap this up. As a reminder, this special presentation is from the Everyone and Their Sister pod. We release new episodes every Tuesday where we Myself, Nat, and Steph all talk about things we love. Sometimes we get this heated. Sometimes we don't. Really depends on what the theme is. Uh, but you can find us there every Tuesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Or if you're listening to this and you, for some reason, you want to watch all of this again, you can go and you can watch it on YouTube so you can get the joy of the facial expressions that happened when some people were talking. Because I would have loved even more of those. Those were when we were peak, when we knew we couldn't interrupt, but we had lots of things to say with our eyes. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. If you have any of your own thoughts, if you think that Take a Hit Danny Brown swept a little too high, because I can understand why it won, but there is a big points disparity between Bring some it. of these. Come on to our, you can find us on Twitter uh, and on Instagram at EatsCast. We will be looking for comments if you have any thoughts about these whatsoever. You can also comment, obviously, on the YouTube video down below if you're watching on YouTube. Or you can find us on Pinterest for Steph at, every, at Everyone and Their Sister Pod. Thank you guys so much for watching. Congratulations, Take a Hint, Danny Brown. Congratulations, Marina. Thank, Thank you, you. Christina. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs>